0: Welcome back, my friend. This is part two. Two bad boys, the preacher and the prostitute. Now, in the first part, we talked about this great feast that was put on for Jesus. It was put on by this Pharisee, this mighty preacher. Then during this feast, this woman comes in and the Bible says she's a sinner. Uh, That's a statement that really means She's a prostitute and she brings this alabaster vase. She breaks it and she pours it over Jesus, over his feet and over his head. Now Simon is absolutely aghast because he said if Jesus were the real deal, if Jesus were the son of God, if he was a prophet, he would know who this woman is and what sort of woman she is. And then Jesus gives his talk and he says, Simon, I've, I've got something to say to you. Two debtors. And the, and the master forgave them both. Who's going to love him the most? And, and Simon says, well, I, I, I guess it's the person who, who's been f- forgiven the most. I, I, I guess that's what it is. But there's a question that comes to our minds and we need to think about this. Who was the greatest sinner? Think about this. Here's Mary Magdalene. She's a prostitute. She's got a name. And here's this great preacher. He's a member of this very select group of preachers. He's the best of the best. (laughs) He's a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Now, the question is, in this scenario of, of the scene where the woman comes in and she washes the Lord's feet and anoints his head and you can read it in, in, in the Bible and we've done this so far. The question is, who was the biggest sinner? Was Mary the greatest sinner because she was a prostitute? Goodness me, this is quite a dilemma because we all r- recognize that moral depravity is a terrible, terrible sin and we should not make any excuses for it. But who was the greatest sinner? Was Mary the greatest sinner? Now, Mary had more forgiven. There's no doubt about it. Mary had more forgiven. Jesus said so. And Simon said so. But Jesus didn't say she had more sins to be forgiven. <laughs> He didn't say, this woman has got more sins to be forgiven than you, Mr. Pharisee, and therefore that's why she loves the most because she was the greatest sinner. But no, he never said that because the Bible teaches that the greatest sin is not prostitution, even though that's a terrible sin. Moral degradation, it's a terrible sin, but the greatest sin is is not moral depravity. The Bible says the greatest sin, you're listening, it's self-righteousness, spiritual pride, because spiritual pride stops us from seeing us ourselves for what we are. We're not going to turn to the text, but Revelation 3 talks about a group of people, and it says, You've got to anoint your eyes with eyesalve so you can see because these people, they were, they were great in many, many ways, great in their piety, but their problem was they couldn't see. And this is the problem, the inability to see ourselves as we really are. Now come over here with me, please, to John chapter 1 and verses 1 down to 5. And this hits the theological nail on the head. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of man. This is Jesus. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness couldn't see it. The human mind does not have the capacity to see itself as it really is. And that was the problem with the Pharisee. The Pharisee could not see himself as he really was. The world is in darkness and darkness is in the world and Jesus said, if the light within you Is darkness, how great is that darkness? And we cannot see ourselves unless by the grace of God. We ask this question and it's an embarrassing question. Who killed Jesus? Who nailed him to the cross? I'm talking about physically. Wasn't Mary. No, the religious people because these religious people could not see themselves as they really were, which means what we need more than anything else is a revelation from God. Now come now again to Luke chapter 7 and verses uh, 41 and onwards, I think it is, Luke chapter 7 and verse 41 to 47. Notice it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, You see this woman, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to her, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Jesus didn't say that she had more sins to be forgiven. He said her sins, which were many, were forgiven, and she loved much. The Pharisee indeed had even more sins, (laughs) but only a few of them were forgiven. Because he only confessed a few of them. Because he did not see himself as he really was. This is the teaching of the gospel. Look, please, at verse 48, verse 48, Luke 7. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And verse 50, Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, I want to make this very, very plain today because sometimes we read this chapter, I've read it many, many times, and I've missed the point. Simon had few sins forgiven because he confessed only a few. That's why he loved so little. Mary Las Vegas confessed everything. Mary felt her need. Simon felt his goodness. Mary felt her need. Simon felt who? Simon felt his, his goodness. Have a look over here now, at Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons and Joanna the wife of Chuza, Herod's steward and Sue. Susanna and many others who provided for him from their substance. Um, Mary, this woman with a bad past, was right in the very center core group of Christ's disciples. And she loved with all her heart because God had opened her mind. Mary anointed his body. In Jewish lore, the only body that can be anointed, the only feet of a body that can be anointed is a dead body. They did it at funerals. They didn't anoint with oil the feet of living people. Mary, the prostitute, got it that this one was going to come and die for her. She was the only one there. Who got it? That's why she did this. Mary was at the cross. On the Friday afternoon, Mary was at the burial of the Lord. That's when they wrapped him up. She was there. Mary was at the tomb on Sunday morning. Mary was the first to greet Jesus. Mary carried the news to the apostles. A most astounding story, that this woman who had been a prostitute, but she was redeemed by the amazing grace of God. She became one of the greatest people in the history of the world, certainly in the history of the church. So it tells me this, I'm not saved by my outward piety. I'm not saved because I belong to a special religious group. I'm saved by the grace of God that reveals to me my sins. And when I realise that I'm a sinner in need of God's great great grace and when I am forgiven, I will love God. Much, So it's not my goodness, is it? It's God's goodness and God's grace, which is illustrated also in the story of the two bad boys. Now, we're going to go through this because we're sort of going to run out of time before we can get through this. But I want you to come over here to Luke chapter 15 and verse 1. And you can read this chapter through yourself. Chapter 15 and verse 1 says, Now all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to hear him. You know why? Because he had a message of hope for sinners. The Pharisees didn't want to hear him, but the sinners wanted to hear him. Uh, it's an amazing story and the third story in this chapter is about It's about two bad boys. Now it's preceded by two stories and we're going to look at those terribly fast. Uh, Luke 15 verse 2 says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. The message of the gospel is there expressed that this man Christ receives sinners and goes to eat with them because this man Christ came down from glory because he loves sinners. That is the heart of the gospel. Now who were these pharisees we talked about them in the first part of the program they were the ultra orthodox the defenders of the church the upholders of the law of god outwardly righteous but inwardly corrupt as you notice in john chapter 8 verses 3 to 11 john chapter 8 and verses 3 to 11 it says Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So Jesus was on the side of the sinner And because he loves the sinner and because he died for the sinner, he defended the sinner as he defended this woman. Now, let me make this plain. In Luke chapter 15, I want you to turn back here. In Luke chapter 15, you have three stories. And the third one is the one that we're going to talk about most of all, but we're going to look at the other ones. Luke, let me get the text, Luke chapter 15 and verses 3 to 7. Have you got it? So he spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses, one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And you can read it here, up here on the screen. It is a story Of the lost sheep. Now you can read this text at your own convenience, but the lost sheep is the lost soul. And the Bible tells us how Christ the shepherd goes after the lost sheep until he finds it and then he brings it home. So that's found in Luke chapter 15, 8 to 10. And then we come down a little bit, that is verses 3 to 7. Now verses 8 to 10. Luke 15, 8 to 10. Or what woman? having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbours together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Therefore I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So you've got here the story number one, the story of the lost sheep. You and I are the lost sheep. And number two, you've got the story of the lost coin. And this is the sinner who was lost in the house of God and he doesn't know that he's lost. But the Bible tells us that the grace of God is extended for the lost sheep and also for the lost coin. But the greatest story of all is Luke chapter 15 and verse 18. 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And we will notice today that they were two bad boys for whom the grace of God was extended. Now read with me verses 12 down to 24. Verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. This is the prodigal son, and he's not a good boy at all. And when he'd spent all there, arose a severe famine in that land. He began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. This is the boy who goes back to the father. And verse 20 says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to make merry. This is the prodigal boy. The boy who turns his back on his father and ends up in the pig pen and his representative of the whole of the human race. He squanders his father's inheritance in wild living, a bit like Mary Magdalene had done. But when he turns to God, when the Spirit of God talks to him, he goes back to his father and his father who represents God receives him with grace and kindness to teach us that there's hope for every person. There's hope for Mary, there's hope for you, there's hope for me, there's hope for the prodigal. So this is the first son and he teaches the great lesson of the redeeming grace of God. But then you come to verses, let's see, verses 20 to 24. He arose and came to his father. When he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. If you read through those verses, this is a picture of God. So what is God like? A billion times better than we can comprehend. He's merciful and kind and when we take one step toward God, God runs to meet us. The most amazing, most Amazing story, because this is the story of the amazing father. But now look at verse 25. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things mean. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fattened calf. But he was angry, would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours comes, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. The elder brother, who is this elder brother? Well, of course, if you read the scriptures, it's plain. He's the supercilious Pharisee. He's the Simon. here's the Mary Magdalene come back, here's the prodigal come back and the Pharisee says, we don't want him here because he's a sinner and he'll pollute the very air. And he says, I've been working for you all these years. I've been working my inside out. I've been slaving for you. But his problem is he has no idea of his own inner depravity but God loves him just the same. And there's mercy for him too if he'll come just as I am without one plea. Let me pull it all together if I can. Mary Magdalene represents the sinner in depravity. But there's mercy when the sinner in depravity comes to Jesus. There's mercy for for the prodigal son if he comes to Jesus. There's mercy for the lost sheep and the lost coin. What is the underlying theme of all of these great truths? So much overwhelms us. God is merciful. God is loving. God is grace a million times better than you and I can ever comprehend. We're the Mary Magdalene's, we are the prodigal sons, we are the lost sheep, we are the lost coins. And when we hear the voice of God and when we respond, there's grace, grace, grace upon grace for the repentant, believing sinner. That's why we have the hymn. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch, not like you, but a wretch like me. God is a million times better than we can comprehend, believe it.
1: Pastor John Carter has taken us around the world to broaden our knowledge of the Bible. From remote places, he has brought us new insights into the scriptures. Now, he is bringing these teachings closer to home, your home. He is asking you, followers of the Carter Report, to share any questions you may have about scripture, religion, and the challenges you face in your everyday life. First, Record your questions on your cell phone. Then send these by email to question2carter at gmail.com. Watch for your recorded question and hear the answer from Pastor Carter. Jesus is the answer, and we welcome your questions. You can now find the Carter Report, anywhere, anytime, on any Android or Apple device. Use your cell phone, tablet, computer, or TV to access the many inspirational messages from Pastor Carter 24-7. For Apple users, go to the App Store. For Android users, go to Google Play and download the free Carter Report app. The Carter Report also has an official YouTube and Vimeo channel. Search for The Carter Report and find the topic that speaks to you. Roku users, simply search for The Carter Report and download the app free. The same on Amazon Fire. For Apple TV, visit the App Store and download the app. Reach out to The Carter Report and experience the hope, faith and love of Jesus Christ.